This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Wednesday, June 12th, 2019, and my guest is Justin Duino of Android Authority. Hi, Justin. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am fantastic. I do have to make an admission. I'm sure you've heard this a few times in your life, but it's still pretty awesome because I'm a nerd that every time I hear your name, I think of Arduino. I think it's funny that everyone can pronounce Arduino fine, but then they see Duino and they panic. They don't know how to pronounce it. That's really weird. So I'm basically going by the fact that I saw your name and I immediately thought of Arduino. And I was like, that's probably how you pronounce it. And then I I don't know, we met at some point and I think I asked or possibly said your name and you didn't correct me. So I was like, we're done. It's a done (laughs) deal. Um, So I've got you on because you reported on the Pixel 4 yesterday. And I do actually have some other things I want to cover so you got, the, you got the list of items we're going to discuss. And I want to start with the Moto Z4 to get that out of the way because it's kind of the past. And now we're going onward into the future, 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 future. So uh, the Z4, I don't know if you got a chance to play with it or read up on it. I um, don't have it in hand, but I have read our review of it. Okay, who reviewed it for you guys? Uh, Eric Zeman. Oh, Eric. Yes, I forget that Eric is with you folks now. Mm-hmm. Such a good guy. I've known Eric for like 15 years or something because we've both been reporting about phones forever. Um, so I reviewed the Moto Z4 for geekspin.co. If Folks, I'll have the link in the show description, but you know I write reviews for, for, for Geekspin from time to time. And that's Elena Stone's awesome uh, culture and tech site. Uh, and so, you know, I get to be very tech when I review uh, phones for, for her, which is great because she doesn't mind me being like a big nerd, basically. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So my take on this phone, if you read my review, is basically I think it's a worthy competitor to the Pixel 3a. And I think it's kind of a weird headline because a lot of people are like, are you nuts, Miriam, right? Like that's the first reaction, right? Based on previous Z phones. So you did you have a chance to look at my review at all? I, I read through it really fast, and it kind of matches up with what our review was. Okay, so you guys, because a lot of folks I read, like I saw Michael Fisher's video, and a lot of people are like, ah, uh, kind of down on it. And I, I don't, like, first of all, let's put one thing out there. This is the best Moto Z phone of all time, by far. Not just because it's like 2019, and it's a new phone, right? Obviously, it's going to be better than 2017 phone. Spec wise, I'm just talking about if you look at it at the time of release, this is the best Moto Z phone. I think more people are down on it because of the price. And I think for what you're getting from Motorola, for the price that you don't get on Verizon's deal, that's where the upset customers come in. But I think they're looking at the wrong way. You're getting a $200. 360 mod you might not want it and i get that at that point i would not say the phone is a good value mm-hmm. but you're getting a mod in the box and it's a 360 camera mod now it's not a great 360 camera i've used it i, I reviewed it back when it was announced and it came with the i don't know the moto z2 play or something it's but been out for some time now it's been a while but i mean look it's the reality it's a 200 dollars thing you're getting it bundled with a phone I think this phone is easily worth $350 to $400. And I'll tell you why in a second. But I think if you sell it for $500 with a mod, even if it's a kind of meh mod, but it's still a 360 camera, right? So why be upset about that? Like, that's kind of my approach. Now, the other thing you have to realize, and I said that in my wrap-up, is that it's going to go down in price within a week. You know it. Like, in a month or something, it'll be 400 bucks or 350 or 375 because that's how Moto does, right? This is true. Droid does, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> like they also, and Moto does, he does that. It just, they just, like I reviewed the Moto G7 and G7 Power. I'm primarily focusing on the power because I kind of wanted to see if the, you know, downgrading of the specs was um, going to hurt the, the phone much and if it bounces out with the extra power right so that's also a review i did a while back on geekspin.co but at the time you know i was like the price the price it's a little too high still and then you know now it's like something like 210 dollars or something for that phone and i'm like it's perfect at that price like go get it 
Like, there's no doubt about that, right? So I think the Z4 is going to be one of those. I don't think you should buy the Z4 now for $500 with the mod, but buy it with when it's $350, $375, $400, and it comes with the mod. And you're going to say, well, okay, so you said it's worthy, this comparable in some ways to the Pixel 3a XL at least. And here's, here's my take on it. Where it's better than the Pixel 3 is build quality materials. It feels premium. This thing feels mm -hmm. like all the Z phones, really nice. And then the other thing that's that makes it, I think, better is you know the mods. But that's something that again, if you don't have mods or you're not a big nerd that wants to kind of get into mods, maybe there's a bunch of mods you can buy at a discount now, and it might be worth it for you to get a Z phone finally, or you had a Z phone in the past. It's a harder sell, right? But I still think that for the first time, I feel I can tell people, look, if you're looking for a mid-range phone that's pretty decent, consider Pixel 3a XL or the 3a, or consider the Moto Z 4, assuming you want to pay $500 and get the mod as well, right? That's kind of where I'm at with it. Well, um, obviously, I, I haven't held the phone in hand, but the biggest complaint going towards those mods is from everything I've read and um, viewed online is that the mods don't fit exactly right. Since they curve the back of the phone a different angle, yeah. or um, there's like a different bezel, uh, bevel, the mods have a little sharp corner, and so it doesn't feel as premium when something's attached to it, from what I've read. Yeah, but I really think people are making too much of a fuss about it. I, I have a bunch of mods. I've tried it out, and... Yes, you can feel it, the edges of the mods a little more, especially the mods that have kind of sharper edges. But it's it depends on the mod, and it really isn't something that feels like a big deal, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that the phone by itself is way slicker than people give it credit. And, and these Moto Zs have always been super slick. This thing is thin. It's got a 3,600 milliamp hour battery. And that's the other thing. I think it's going to get better battery life than the than the Pixels and the 3A3 XL because I was blown away by the battery life on this thing. At first, when I got it, I only had it for four days to review. Like, I literally got it four days before the embargo. So I was like, oh, crap. One of those reviews, right? Mm -hmm. So I like just like said, like dive in, just use this phone nonstop for the next four days while I'm writing, yeah? So the first thing I did was fully charge it, set it up. And as I set it up, it was getting hot in my hand, like warm hot. And I was like, this is not good. The battery life is going to suck on this. It's, it's dying, you know, like it's like it's being clobbered by the setup process. Mm -hmm. Boy, was I wrong. It turns out that I think the thermals on this are really well designed. And so it spreads the heat over all over the back of the phone really nicely. And what I was feeling is basically the phone cooling itself down really well during this really intense, you know, recovery of, uh, of uh, copying all the stuff over from another phone setup right like when you do the cloud backup from google mm -hmm. and it's like installing like 50 apps and stuff and and what i found was that the battery life was killer i went two days on my review cycle with it like hammering at it like all the sample photos listening to music for like something like 12 hours uh while i was writing you know um like checking my emails and everything. It was just, it just blew my mind, honestly. For 36, I was not expecting, this behaved like a 4,000 milliamp hour phone to me. Yeah, in our review, we actually wrote that uh, we had about seven to nine hours of screen on time per charge. So the, it did uh, impress our reviewer. Yeah, so, so for me, it's like, you look at this, right? You're like, yes, you can buy a Pixel 3a. I love it. I have a base one. The purple one is beautiful. Same. But here's the thing about the Pixel 3. A lot of people are like, oh, but it's fine. But it's always the but it's fine part mm -hmm. about the design and the build. It's plastic, folks. It does feel and look cheap. Now, it is not the crappy plastic you guys are used to from back in the day of the Galaxy S3, S4, S5. But it is nonetheless still feels way less premium than the Z. Now, we know we're nerds. We're looking at the Pixel 3 like, oh, holy, <laughs> we're not worthy. This is the Pixel. And I agree. I have a Pixel 3 XL as my daily driver. And I love the 3A. I am glad the 3A exists. But I think that what makes the 3A is two things and only two things. The camera and the software and the fact that the thing gets updates more than anyone else. Everything else about that phone is super meh. I hate to tell you folks. Look at the display. It's fine. Look at the performance. It's fine. Battery life. It's fine. 
build quality, it's fine. It's just fine all around. But the you thing is, buy- is if you look at what all, the majority of consumers are looking at, not just the tech enthusiasts, the regular consumer is looking at camera and software performance. That it's the big two. But here's the thing: the Z delivers on both of those. Oh, it does. Right. I, so- I just don't think the premium uh, build is that much of a selling point since most consumers put the phone in a case. I agree, but what I'm saying is that we're looking at either nerds, you know, or customers who don't care about build quality and materials. Mm-hmm. I'm saying to you there's other customers out there who care about build quality and materials. So that's kind of what I'm saying. It's it's a worthy competitor because it competes in different areas. It competes in build quality and premiumness and materials. It competes in battery life. It really does great in battery life. Performance is really good. It's about the same as a Pixel 3a and same similar processor, you know, 670 versus 675. The 75 is on the Z. So, I mean, the reality is I feel like this phone is pretty damn solid. And the other thing that blew me away is the camera needs a bunch of tuning. Like it definitely needs some software updates, but it's at 48 megapixel. And according to... um, Anontech, it's actually the Sony IMX586, the legendary, it's on everything, kind of totally awesome sensor called Sony IMX586. So there's a good chance that with a few software tweaks, that thing will, I mean, it's a pretty good camera to start with. I think it's a solid camera, but I think it can be tweaked. It's got some issues. But here's the thing, right? Think about this for a second, right? This has the same processor pretty much as the Pixel 3a. Guess what's going to happen, Justin? Someone's going to port the Pixel camera to that phone. And then what? The, the it's camera probably going to increase like every other phone that has the it's port. It's going to be awesome. And at that point, honestly, I can say that, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a big difference between the th- Pixel 3 and that phone other than software updates. And that's a, big, that's a big unknown. Moto hasn't been the best at that. But right now, the software experience on that phone out of the box is great. I mean, all Motos have a really solid experience. It's not the same as the pure, the stock Pixel. It's a stock Moto. It's the same as the stock OnePlus. It's not the same. But it's a stock experience nonetheless, right? Yep. So that's kind of why I was gung-ho about this phone. I went, look, I went into it wanting to hate this phone. Like, I want you to know that. Like, and, <laughs> and you're going to say, well, why, Miriam? That's kind of mean. But like, I felt that way. Like, I saw the, I saw the announcement. I was like, seriously, Moto, you, ah, you made another Z phone? Are you nuts? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had given up after Z3 last year. Like, the Z3 and the Z3 Play last year did make, made no sense. They're basically the same phone at the same price, roughly. One exclusive Verizon and supported 5G motor mod, which we all know is a crock of, you yeah. know, okay? Not and then, it. exactly. And, and then the other one uh, was just basically the only difference between them was the camera modules and the processors. The displays were the same, batteries were the same, chassis were the same, neither of them had headphone jacks. Like, I had more questions than answers about the freaking Z3 twins last year. And and I thought they were done. I think I thought that was it. They were just trying to be first to market the five G mod, and they did it, and they're done. And we're never going to see a Z phone again, or at least not a Z phone with mods. And boom, they come out with the Z four, and this thing has everything pretty much done right. Like it doesn't try to be a flagship, so it has medium specs and price is medium. Now I understand that there's a thing called the OnePlus Seven Pro out there that costs like six hundred and fifty or whatever dollars, right? That kind of blows away this thing. But does it? I mean, if you remove, if you just look at the fact that the main cameras are pretty much the same and perform pretty much the same, you know, of course the Z doesn't have two other cameras, but it's $150 cheaper. So, you know. I I think um, the biggest issue that Motorola has going for itself is the same one that LG has. They're not offering anything that really wows the consumer market. I love the mods. I was there when they announced their initial Moto Z. I loved the idea of modularity. But they just don't offer enough for regular consumers to care about the phone. And so it leaves the whole brand as kind of a eh. Right. And so my take is why look at this phone outside the mods for a minute, right? Like basically like look at it as just a mid-range premium modern phone that's mm-hmm. gonna come down in price. And once it's down in price, it'll totally be worth it, even if you don't care about mods. Because there's very little phones in that. 300 to $500 price point that has a pure Android experience, has a decent camera, has great battery life, has good build quality and materials. You're going to say OnePlus 6T. I compared it to that in my review. 
it's too expensive. It's it's at least you know it's another it's another fifty dollars more. And and don't get me wrong, like us nerds are not going to bat an eye if we have fifty dollars more. Of course, we're going to buy the one plus sixty. I get that. <laughs> but I'm just saying that this is the average person, right? This is not. And when it's three seventy five, the one plus sixty won't make any sense anymore, right? Right. The the Pixel three A regular will still make sense, but but not the one plus. And yeah, you can stretch your budget to three to six hundred plus dollars, six fifty, whatever it is, to get the one plus seven Pro. But you're in a different category now. Like you're in pure flagship category at that point. So I think that's the other thing is North America. It's a hard sell a phone like the Z four because people just go to a freaking carrier and buy a flagship, right? They don't care. They can afford it. That's most where of them. one like benefit for this phone is is that it's at such a reduced price if you're a Verizon customer. Right. So that's the other thing. Of course you get the big deal with Verizon and you get the uh you know you get the Moto mod if you want the sorry the the 5G mod if you if you're crazy enough to try 5G right now this is a good deal for a 5G fo- phone that's going to step up to 5G. This phone is very modern. It has an in-display fingerprint sensor which by the way doesn't suck. It's a little slow but it's reliable which is kind of surprising to me. Slow I can deal with for unreliable is the worst part, right? Mm-hmm. So this thing this thing works, has face ID, has a really nice display that covers you know, I wrote this in my review and I really believe it. This Z4 is basically the culmination of that form factor, right? It's you, the most screen you can stick in that form factor, other than, you know, having a pop-up camera or an under-display camera, right? Like they finally reached that point where they've covered the entire front of the phone with a screen. Basically. On a Z series. And it's pretty cool, to be honest with you, because that's a lot of real estate, because that chassis was always really big. Anyway, look, I agree that this is not necessarily the phone for you or for me or for generally the listeners. I'm just saying that we have to give it a chance. I, I was not expecting a Z series phone. And when we got it, I was rolling my eyes. But then when I finally used it, I was like, this is actually pretty damn great. This is a solid freaking phone. Good job, Moto. Now just price it right. And we'll be done, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fix a few things like the camera software needs a bit of tuning. Again, it's minor stuff. It's, it's not stuff that's going to be a showstopper for most people. And so I am kind of changed my mind. And I'm like, you know, I, I honestly, I played with the Pixel 3a for an entire week. And I was just like, yeah, it's a Pixel. I was bored after a week. It's like, it feels a little slower than my 3XL, but it's the same experience. What's the big deal? Of course, the camera is good. It's a Pixel. But I mean, I went into the Pixel 3a going like, of course, I was even thinking of keeping it as my main phone, like getting retiring my 3XL and going like, I'm going to just, why bother spending all the money on a 3 or 3XL when you have the 3a? And that's actually still true. But I'm just saying like, I changed my mind. It's, it is a bit too slow for me. It is a little, it is not, it doesn't feel like a Pixel to me. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? It just feels cheap and a little too slow and just kind of meh. See, I'm in the other camp. I, I know this doesn't have anything to do with the Moto Z4, but I, I've completely replaced my Pixel 3 XL with the Pixel 3a. I don't wow. mind the speed difference. I just find it too slow. I mean, it's because my other phones are like a Huawei P30 Pro and a OnePlus 7 Pro. And I'm like, uh, I can't deal with... I mean, I already find my Pixel 3 XL slow, never mind the 3a. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not slow, slow. But you notice the difference, and if it works for you, perfect. Like I, I just feel that a lot of people are putting the three A on a pedestal. But after you know a few weeks of using it, I feel like yeah, it's good. It's a solid phone. Absolutely, will recommend the three A to anyone, especially three A, not the three A XL, because it's not worth the extra cost. <laughs> but but the three A, yes. But honestly, I think that I don't know. Like to me, I, I think the Z four is more interesting. You know what I'm saying? I, I understand what you're saying. I, I think the biggest issue in the one thing that Motorola could do if they get the pricing right is that everyone is tired of spending a thousand plus dollars on a smartphone. So if you could get a really good package for a lot less, that's where the Moto Z4 could be, could be a success. Yeah. And I think that, yes, you're right. I think Moto is thinking a bit in a vacuum here. They're looking at the market as a whole and they're looking at customers as generic, right? And if you drop the price, as I said, to like what it's going to be in a week or a month, that phone's going to perfectly fit into that little vacuum, mm-hmm. right? In their minds, they did, they've done everything a, a user wants. Big screen, sleek design, great battery life, good camera, cool tech like the teardrop notch and the in-display fingerprint. Why wouldn't? And then you get mods if you want. Why wouldn't you like that phone? That's how Moto's looking at it. And you know what? I think they're freaking right. 
Like, you could look at it that way. It's a perfectly valid way to look at it. And for once, it's not stupid like the Z3 was last year and the Z3 <laughs> Play. This is the first Moto Z phone that I feel I can recommend since the Z Play and the Z2 Play. Those two were great phones for their money. Once again, once the price dropped, right? I liked them a lot back then. I never liked the flagship Zs. And so I think this is true form. This is a return to what the Z is, was always expected to be, a mid-range phone with all the features. And the headphone jack return on that phone is a freaking, wow. This is the first company I can think of that's come back on their decision. At a, This is the best spec phone that Moto builds right now, isn't it? I believe so. I believe it's their flagship. So even though it's not a flagship, they've put a headphone jack back on that phone. Like, wow. Okay. So anyway, that's my take. Um, Check my review. We just talked about the OnePlus 7 Pro and I didn't put it in the show notes, I think. But I want to mention quickly, I do have that Almond one that just got announced. I've been too busy to do an unboxing video and show it to you folks. So uh, by the time this podcast gets released, you'll probably see an unboxing video of that phone on my YouTube channel and some photos on Instagram. If you thought the blue one was cool, wait till you see the almond. That's, I mean, it's not my favorite color. I still like the blue or even better, the purple from the 6T. But I have to say that white and gold, like essentially beige and gold, almond color and gold is super bling-tastic. It's not going to be for everyone, but wow, does it ever feel premium. I love the color. A lot of people were saying that it's a clone of the gold iPhone, and it's pretty close, but I love the color. I think it's great. And and uh, I mean, look, I'm, it's a OnePlus 7 Pro. What is there not to like? And on top of that, it looks blingy. If you're looking for blingy, and then go get that one instead. That's all I'm saying. Like, look, you can't go wrong with a OnePlus 7 Pro. It's big. That's the only thing you, you have to deal with, okay? To me, it's almost too big. So, uh, Can I interrupt this real fast? We have, it's going to be late by the time people listen, but Google just tweeted out a photo of the Google Pixel 4. No. Yes. The official okay. made by uh, Google I'm, account. I love that we're having live action news. Uh, I'm going to look at that right now. It, it fully uh, matches the renders and everything else that were leaked out. So what's just the made by Google account? Yeah. The made by Google Twitter account. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Wow. Look at that. Oh my goodness. Well, since there seems to be some interest... Here you go. Wait till you see what it can do. Wow. That is smart marketing on their part. It, it, last year, they were talking about how everyone leaked it out and how it wasn't much of a secret. And I guess they're still rolling with that. Well, guess what? Let's talk about that. So okay. thanks for finding that and pointing it out, because obviously by the time this show is, is out in two or three days, you might have even more news, but we can't you know, do the show uh, in the future. So right now, this is what we have. Uh, you wrote two stories on the Pixel 4 rumors. Uh, tell us all about it. Well, the first one came after Lou from Unbox Therapy uh, showed um, a video of different metal models of what the Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL are supposed to look like. They're usually used for case makers. Um, but what was really interesting is that he had supposedly information about the different cameras on the phone. Um, around back, obviously the renders that are leaked and the image that Google just shared shows three different sensors around back. According to Lou, there will be two camera sensors and then uh -huh. a spectral sensor. It's not really clear what that would be used for, but I would assume well, it would be for color accuracy. There are other phones that have spectral sensors. LG's done that before. Uh, it's just basically measures color temperature, right? Mm-hmm. So I just so, assume that it makes the photos even more color accurate. Yeah, and that's it's a tough thing for a standard sensor to measure, like a camera, an actual imaging sensor, the thing that captures the image, to measure um, balance, white balance properly. It's nice to have a dedicated sensor for that. You know, let's the proof is obviously in the pudding, as they say. We'll find out how good, how much of a difference that makes for color accuracy once we get our devices. Mm -hmm. So to fill you in, you, you know, like. We've had a lot of conversation on the show, Justin, about the Pixel 4 and what I want to see in a Pixel 4. And so far that I feel that the Pixel 3 was a disappointment. <laughs> I have it as my daily driver, uh, 3XL. 
And it doesn't mean it's a bad phone. Did I recommend it? Yes, at least until I would say November, December timeframe. But beyond that, it was hard to recommend because the big issues for me were, other than the ugly notch, which obviously depends on which model you choose, but it's really still an ugly notch, uh, was, again, feel very much the same, the same criticism I've had with the 3A, which is the build quality materials and general premiumness didn't feel there. Now, on the 3, I'm willing to let it go because it's a 300 and whatever, $50 phone, right? It starts at that price mm-hmm. or 399 or whatever it is. But on the, on the 3 XL and 3, these are supposed to be the flagship premium phones from Google. And they just, yes, they're metal and glass and they're, they're pretty well made. But compared to like what was even happening when they were launched, what Huawei and OnePlus were doing, or Apple was doing, or Samsung was doing, it just wasn't even the same league in terms of build quality material. So it never felt that premium to me, number one. Number two, the price was pretty high. Not as high as some other flagships, but pretty high. And then the biggest thing, the thing that's causing me so much grief every day with my Pixel 3 XL is four gigs of RAM. Now that I've lived with six, eight, 10, 12, 12 gigs on my OnePlus 7 Pro, you're going to say, Miriam, are you nuts? We don't need that much RAM. I'm like, no, we don't. But when you have it, what can happen is the OS can load the apps in a RAM disk. And you know what that means? Your apps load instantly. It's so snappy. The phones feel so fast. Huawei and OnePlus are the two companies doing that. But basically using a big chunk of their RAM as a RAM disk. When the phone boots, it creates a RAM disk, loads all the freaking apps. They call it whatever, Turbo app, whatever. They have all these names for it. It's really just a freaking RAM disk. If you've ever used a, a PC in the DOS days in the 80s and 90s, you created RAM disks all the time because you didn't have, um, you, you had extra memory that you couldn't use, you know, above 640K. So you stuck stuff up there. And it made your, phone, your computer faster. And now it makes your phone faster. I want more freaking RAM, okay? Google, give us eight gigs on that thing, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Google has to up it. Like the fact that they put four gigs of RAM in their mid-tier phone, the Pixel 3a tells us that they have to realize that that's just like the baseline now. And that's not even for a premium flagship. That just, that's the minimum a, a modern phone needs to run semi-smoothly. And that, that's always been the bottleneck with the Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL. There's no reason why they didn't up it to six, at least six gigabytes last year. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why a six would have been the minimum for last year. And that's my struggle. The other struggle is like every pixel, and I do not know why Google can't fix this because Huawei has fixed it. Others have fixed it. It's the slowing down of the performance of the phone, the file system, whatever it is that slows down. Now, I understand that fragmentation, and, and, and but like there are ways to manage that. Why can't we have a phone that lasts for two years and stays snappy, folks? Come on. Like, this is ridiculous. And that that's really where Google's bottle or not I keep saying bottleneck, but they come out with these phones that are pretty much stock Android. It's got the pixel experience, but they just deteriorate over time. I thankfully haven't had as much of an issue with the Pixel 3, but with the last two pixels, after like five months, the performance just took a giant hit. And I don't know why. I know other people like Arnim from Android Police report on this all the time. Yeah, and it's honestly noticeable. Like, it's not that my phone doesn't work. It's not that my phone is a bad phone, my Pixel 3 XL, now, today, in June. It's just meh. It's just like any other phone, even the Mate 20 Pro in November. I'm not talking about a phone today. You're going to say, Miriam, it's been six months, eight months, nine months, whatever. Of course, the phones are faster now. Yes, they are, but, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking just apples to apples. It just is slow and sluggish. And I feel the same about the 3A. I just don't feel that the performance is there. Like, you can do better with that same processor, folks. So You just need to give it the hardware it deserves. So, back to the Pixel 4. I want no holds barred. Sell it for $1,000. I do not give a... Okay? It's like, I want the best. Give me the best. I will pay the money for it. Make it $1,200. I don't care. Give me the best Google can make. If Google's really going to be trying to compete with the rest of the market, then it really needs to put premium hardware inside their phones. Like right now, sure, the camera is amazing. No one says any other smartphone has a better camera. But there's a reason why most people aren't buying a Pixel. They just don't have the complete package. Exactly. And most of also, there's the fact that it's kind of a nerd phone and nobody really knows about it. And I really like that the 3A 
you know, makes it more popular and, and more visible and that they're marketing it and everything. Still, I feel like I want a Pixel 4 that has no comp. So back to what I was going to say, all of this to bring up the three cameras. That was one of the things, other than RAM and performance, we just talked about at length. My biggest gripe with the Pixel 3 and 3 XL was, oh my God, how can it be that Google, the camera leader, is not coming out with at least a tele or a wide angle on the 3 and 3 XL back then? Back then, I felt like you need at least two cameras. And this year, 2019, it absolutely needs three cameras. The versatility is what makes this these multi-camera phones great. And imagine adding the color science, the AI science, the image processing and, and general photo science that Google has mastered on the Pixel so far to a three camera setup. Holy crap balls. I am so on board with that, right? I, I just, I'm upset that we're still, the Pixel's going to be a year behind still because they're only putting two real camera sensors on here. It's not, no one knows yet if it's going to be a wide angle or a zoom, but still there's when every other company is coming out with three, four cameras on the back of each phone, Google is now just introducing two. Like, it's still going to be a year behind. Yeah, well, look, it doesn't matter. I want that versatility, so give me at least a wide angle and a regular. I can live without the telephoto. Do not care. And especially if they go to a Sony IMX 586 or like a bigger pixel count uh, main camera, then they can do lossless zoom for a bit. Um, you know, because... the a lot of people are not doing that with the IMX586, but it's one of the things it can do. It's very much like the the Lumia PureView back in the day where it had 40 megapixels, 41, I think. And and yes, some a lot of it was used for pixel binning for uh, low light noise reduction and and for you know basically better accuracy and, and, and quality photos. It would downsample to like something like eight megapixels or whatever five megapixels even. But for zooming, you know, you, you, you use all those pixels. Um, and so, yes, I'd like an optical zoom. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'd like three lenses. But even the two I'd be fine with, especially if one of them is ultra-wide. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my take on the, on the four. I like the look. I like the idea of the square pod. I've liked that a lot on the Mate 20 Pro. I know it kind of looks like what the, a lot of what, Apple's been doing, at least is rumored to be doing. We're not sure, right? But yeah, the renders look almost identical to the 2019. But you know what? That's not a bad thing because if if um, Google makes a phone that looks like an iPhone, maybe people will be like, "Oh, okay, that yeah, all right, that's not an iPhone. Oh, okay, that that's interesting. There's another thing called the Pixel. Oh, okay, tell me more." You know, especially once they see the photos. That's how I always how I get people about the Pixel. That you know, the average Joe out there, like we're talking, and they look at my phone, like, "What's this?" And I'm like, "It's a Pixel." And they're like, "What is it?" I'm like, "It's Google's phone." And I'm like, "The only thing you need to do is look at the photo gallery right now." And they look and they go like, "Oh, wow!" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's basically the Google phone." Welcome. I think our review for the Pixel Three was the Google iPhone because it's just that stock Android is so beautiful. And the phones, I, I think the phones would sell beautifully if Google would actually market it, which they could this year, because if any, the Pixel 3a was sold on every carrier except AT&T. Which is weird, right? So I'm hoping they do exact same thing with the Pixel 4. Speaking of which, I just want to say, you know, my main account was T-Mobile, and I do have a couple of SIMs with other uh, carriers, and including one with AT&T. And the other day, my SIM is really old. It was like a micro SIM that had shaved down to a nano SIM, and I was getting these texts from them saying, please update your SIM. So I went into a store and updated my SIM, and the worker there was very, very nice. I got a really good service, very happy with it. Um, they didn't argue with me and, and ask me stupid questions, try to upsell me or anything. They just did their job and I got a new SIM and it worked right away and everything was great. Except for one thing, and that blew my mind, because I never go to carrier stores. They, I pulled all my phones, you know, I carry three or four phones with me all the time. And they had never heard of the Pixel or the OnePlus. Interesting, because they sell both like, handsets in store. You were at a T-Mobile store, right? No, I was talking about AT&T. This was oh, AT&T. AT&T. Oh, this sorry. was an AT&T SIM. So no, no, of course the T-Mobile, they would know about both. But I'm talking about, this is an AT&T store. This, this is a person who works in phones. They had never heard of the OnePlus or the Pixel. Let that sink in for a second. I have a couple of friends that work in those type of retail stores. 
And honestly, a lot of them aren't phone buffs, so it really doesn't surprise me too much. How can you do that job and not understand and no phones? Sometimes a job's a job. <laughs> I know, but like it's like you're selling cars and you don't know what you're selling. It doesn't make sense. You have to have some understanding. I'm not expecting you to be able to recite the specs by heart, but be aware that there's other brands out there that you don't sell and that people might be walking into the store with them. Like, it's, it basically, he only, I, I made a quick test. He didn't even know that LG existed, basically. Oh, this wow. guy just knew about Samsung, Galaxy. He didn't even call it Samsung. He called it Galaxy and iPhone. That's it. So he, he basically was educated on the phones that they sold, and that's it. That they wanted him to sell. Yes. Right. Anyway, so an aside, I just want to say, this is not a surprise. I know a lot of people are like, Miriam is like that all the time. I'm like, I'm just saying, I experienced it. Holy crap balls. This is insane. Wow. Fail, fail, fail. Okay. And again, not the guy. The guy was great. Thanks for his help. It was awesome. Did a very good job. Didn't try to upsell me, bug me, whatever. Listened to me, paid attention. Didn't treat me like a jerk. Nothing. It was fantastic. And I was very nice to him back, obviously, because why wouldn't I? This is a good person. Okay. Uh, okay. The second thing about the Pixel 4 is that crazy radar sensing technology. Tell us about that. That's the second article you wrote. Okay. So that's based off of Google, um, project solely, which is part of their, um, ATAP, ATAP. And so there's going to be a little tiny, or if this rumor is to be believed, uh, there's gonna be a little tiny radar inside the phone somewhere that you will be able to interact with hands-free. So based off of the demos that we saw in 2015 and 2016, you would basically be able to twist your fingers or tap your fingers together and uh, cause something to happen on the phone. So examples that they showed off was changing um, the radio station or turning up the volume. Wow. So kind of like the LG G8, that makes me cringe. <laughs> uh, sort of, except that's not using the camera to try to map your hand. You know, I know it's not using the camera. I get it. I'm just saying like, but that was useless on the Dell GG8. Like this is a concept that nobody needs is what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm sure it, they, they can do it better with the radar, but do we need this? I don't know if you technically need this. I, I think it would be cool that if you, I don't know how Google's might implement it, but if you had your phone in your pocket and you're running, uh, and you're listening to music, and you want to skip your track, you don't have to take your phone out. You just wave your hand a certain way over your pocket, and it would be able to read that. Right. And and don't get me wrong. Accessibility is a huge thing. People with disabilities will love this if it works. I, I mean, it didn't. I couldn't recommend it on the G8. I reviewed it again for geekspin.co, but I couldn't recommend it there. Uh, yeah, you should go there. And I, Actually, I read that because I, I uh, had a lot of qualms with that. But I, I don't think the features are bad because, again, some people, especially people with disabilities, can really benefit. It's just the implementation was terrible, you know. Um, and I'd rather see things like, you know, OnePlus where they don't, they tend to not put gimmicky features on. It's just, it's just solid all around, right? Mm -hmm. um, in my OnePlus 7 Pro review, um, you know, the only thing that I lamented basically is the lack of headphone jack at that point, you know? <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, give me a headphone jack. Uh, I wonder if the Pixel 4 will have the headphone jack back. Do you think it will? I don't think it will. I know they brought it back for the Pixel 3a, but I think... That was because Google viewed it as more of a mid-range feature than anything else. So I don't think they're going to backtrack and bring it back what to the premium flagship. What if they flagship. do? Dun, dun, dun. I think it would make a lot of people happy if they did. What the fuck? This would be amazing. I would love that, honestly. Um, I'm a big fan. Okay, well, so some pretty solid rumors, and one of them definitely confirmed by uh, Google this morning. So that's great. Uh, are you excited? I'm excited. I, I've I'm always excited. been a Google Pixel fan, so I, I already know I'm going to be buying this at the end of the year. Me too. I'll get it. But the thing is, you know, don't disappoint me again, Google, or <laughs> you'll be on my, you know, S list. And because I, I look, I want to believe it's, but it's, but it's not just about software. Okay. It's no longer, phones are no longer just a software window into your world. Like Apple likes to say, right? Mm -hmm. No. I want the best freaking hardware. I will pay for it. I do not bat an eye for phone at $1,000. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but it's just the reality. It's like, you get what you pay for. You know, you, you want to buy a nice car, you pay for it. Like, I don't care. It's like, give, but I don't want freaking compromises. And I'm done I, with it. I know that, speaking of price, I, I know we have a debt problem in the United States, but at this point in time, it's not like 
most people are going out and spending a thousand dollars at one time. They're, well, exactly. That's the other thing. They're it's all financing everything anyway. Yeah, I know. And and look, I'm not saying like there is room. That's the thing, though. It's like we keep saying we all of us journalists and the media we keep saying there is room for three, two, three hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollar phones. And I totally believe that. I mean, if you want the best flagship that costs a reasonable amount of money, just go buy OnePlus Seven Pro right now. You're done. I'm just saying that if you want a Pixel right now, the hardware sucks. And it's been like that pretty much since Pixel 1, okay? Like, I want the hardware to not suck. And I will pay for it if that's what I have to do. So Google, get your game on. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, in a, I'm in a mood today. Okay, so a quick quick things I want to go before we say bullet point the, the, the news. Uh, this is the big news. Um, the smaller news are coming next. I want to quickly talk about my Huawei Freelace review, my first article on Android Police, folks. So, yes, you're going to say, what happened? Well, me and David were just, you know, shooting the shit once and just like, hey, do you want me to write? And he's like, yeah. So we did. And so here we are. So, you know, it was as simple as that. That's what happens when you've been a journalist for a long time and you've been writing for a bunch of publications. People are just like, oh, yeah, write this for us. Um, so the Freelace... Not to confuse with freelance, which is what it autocorrects to, by the way, every <laughs> time. Uh, the Huawei Freelace is basically like the Bullet Wireless 2 from OnePlus. Basically the same idea, except it's better in every way. So I'm not going to just leave it at that. I just want to promote the fact that I wrote a review. It's on Android Police. Go check it out. AndroidPolice.com. Look for Huawei Freelace. I'm not going to get into the details as to why I want you to read the story. Trust me on this. It's better than the Bullet 2 Wireless. I, I will uh, throw in one um, piece of information. I, I bought the Beats Wireless 2 over these only because the Huawei headphones aren't available in the US. That was well, my one reason. Deal, right? That was they my are, only I reason. Mean, you, can, you can buy them gray market. And by the way, I didn't say Beats. I said Bullets. I was talking about the OnePlus Bullets Wireless 2. I wasn't comparing them to the Beats. I have n I've never played Beats with the oh, Beats ones. Did I say Beats? I meant Bullets. You said Beats. Okay. I wasn't sure. Uh, because there is a Beats... It's equivalent, right? I'm sure there is. And Beats sucks. I don't like their sound quality. I'm sorry, folks. Move on. <laughs> if you have Beats, I apologize for just offending you, but you have the wrong headphones. 100%. Trust me on this. I'm one of those annoying audio people. Trust me. Get another pair of headphones when you can. Your ears will stop bleeding. That's why they're bleeding at night when you go to bed right now. Okay? Beats. That's why. Okay. So... Uh, leaks and rumors, there's a bunch more. Uh, Galaxy Note 10 leaks. The latest Galaxy Note 10 leak is, um, well, there's a bunch. I actually linked, I'll put in the show description, a video by Android Central, Alex Doby did, that kind of summarizes everything we know about the Note 10. I know we didn't talk too much about the Note 10 rumors last show. We just mentioned that there were a bunch of rumors and I linked to some stories. Basically, what we're looking at is two sizes, a regular and a pro. Uh, we're looking at no buttons, potentially, kind of like the HTC U12 Plus or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, no headphone jack, which is a bummer, but then again, the Galaxy Fold has no headphone jack, although that phone doesn't technically exist. Um, and, oh, that was a slam, Samsung. Yeah, <laughs> that was a slam. I hope you caught that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean to Samsung. I mean, I like their phones. It's just like, come on, get, you know, get things together here. Okay. Um, I mean, the Note 10 looks delicious. Honestly, I love the squareness of it. Like that's the other thing. The design looks very square with the camera pod along the side, uh, like an iPhone on the, on the left vertically. Um, the pro would have four cameras on the back. The regular would have three. The four cameras are obviously going to be tele wide, uh, regular and time of flight. Uh, and I mean, what else do we know? Uh, well, the one interesting... Oh, 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 oh hole punch uh, yeah. camera in the middle, which is weird. Why do that? I don't know. I anyway. think it's weird, but I think it'll look better than having the entire status bar shifted over a little bit. I've always thought that looked weird in screenshots. I just find that the corner, the hole punch in the corner is kind of, you forget about it. I'm not sure if I'll forget about it as much as if it's like a teardrop thing in the middle like that. That's just my take, but... The proof will be in the pudding when I usually use a Note 10 if they even send me one. It took me forever to get a Galaxy S10 from these folks, uh, S10 Plus. Um, they've been a little stingy with review units. Are you listening, Samsung? Uh, you know, this is Miriam, okay? <laughs> you send me the phones. You don't argue with me. So, <laughs> just kidding. I understand you have constraints. Um, so what's your take? I mean, what's the latest leak here? What's the thing that stands out this week? Um. 
it's just all these little details that are finally coming together about the phone. We're still not sure about battery size. Uh, there's a rumor that one of the two handsets will come with a 4,500 milliamp hour battery. And I'm leaning to believe that's the bigger pro version. But th there's still a lot to learn. Um, one thing, I'm not really the biggest fan of the squared off design. And I just, I tweeted this when the render came out that if anyone hated on the Sony Xperia squared um, build that they used on so many of their phones over the years, then they can't really say they like this, in my opinion, just because it's yeah. so similar. I love that kind of design. I love like the, the next bit Robin. I mean, I'm less of a fan of the Razer because it's Razer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I just, have, I have so many issues with the Razer, uh, especially their phone. Um, I like their products, don't get me wrong, but it's it's kind of like this overhyped, oversold, you know, the under-delivering kind of product that I'm just like, wow, this I'm not making friends on this podcast today. No. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's all for your own good, okay? So listen to old grandma tank girl, all right? Um, so, yeah, look, I'm excited about the, the Note 10. I'm bummed if it doesn't have headphone jack, but it's kind of the way things are going, so I wouldn't be too surprised. Uh, at the same time, uh, I feel like I like what I'm seeing. There is a few weirdnesses for me, which is the center mount punch hole camera. The lack of buttons is going to see how that plays out. Uh, I'm open to Samsung probably in a better shape to do a better job than HTC did. So hopefully that won't be a disaster. Uh, we don't need another Galaxy Fold in our midst, folks. Okay, please, please work hard to make that happen. We all want a good Note 10. The Note 10 brings the industry forward because it's the only one with a stylus. Uh, and a silo for the stylus, a silus, stylo, silus, <laughs> silus, stylo. Ah, I can't say it anymore. The one thing I um, liked from the Android uh, Central video is that, or they're comparing it to the HTC phone and how the buttons didn't work at all on that phone. And he first made a comment that hopefully, because Samsung has more money and more resources, they've been able to figure that out. But at the same exact time, the Galaxy Fold came out and that completely failed. So. Yeah, Who look, knows? I think this is, again, I've, to, just to be serious, I know I've been kind of, uh, you know, making fun of companies and stuff, but like, I think Samsung, you know, knows how to do stuff right. And the, the fold issues were caused by pressure to deliver on time. And probably the engineers were yelling and screaming. We talked about that in the podcast back in the day, uh, that you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't launch one already. And they did anyway. And here we are. It's kind of the same that happened with the Note 7 and the battery, I think, um, in many ways. And, and of course, they don't handle it well in terms of crisis management because Samsung doesn't know how to do crisis management. But at the same time, I do know that they know how to make a good phone. And the S10 is a great phone. And the Note 10 will be a great phone. At least I hope. And I trust that they will make it right. This is their bread and butter. This is their flagship, right? Especially now that the Fold is kind of like on hiatus. They cannot have this go bad. And I think I'm actually very excited about this phone. It's shaping up to be a pretty nice flagship. I, I'm still confused why they have two different lines, and I think they should merge them personally, but I, I get that some people are going to want the larger phone, the stylus, and some just want an all-around all good phone. Oh, by the way, speaking of stylus, we're going back to the Moto Z4 for a second, but the Moto Z4 supports Microsoft Active Pen. So if you have a, a Surface stylus, it'll work on it. Did you know that? I actually did not know that. Yeah, it's in the specs. That's how I discovered it. And then I was like, wait a minute, really? I didn't have a pen to test it with because I was in Portland when I reviewed it, but I'm not in SF now. I'm going to pull out my Surface Pen and see if it works. It's supposed to. I don't think anybody tested it. Maybe somebody should write an article about that. I'll pitch that to David Ruddock. <laughs> Unless you beat me to it, Justin, and then you can write it for Android Authority. <laughs> I just don't think many people will care, honestly. <laughs> no, I agree. But it'd be interesting. It's that kind of article you're like, what? Um... Anyway, back to the note, um, and that brings us back to the next topic, something that Samsung's doing really right. Again, you know, see, I'm, I'm, I'm fair. I, I like some stuff. Um, the Galaxy A50 is coming to the US officially. So this is, means that, we're, you know, people are going to be, you won't be able to show them your Galaxy and they'll be like, oh, nice. Oh, that's not an S10. Oh, I'm confused. What is that? You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because people in the US, I don't think are used to anything that's not a Galaxy S flagship or Note. So the A50 is what, a mid-range or what, what's your take on the A50? It's definitely a mid-range. It's only got four gigs of RAM, 64 gigabytes of internal storage. Teardrop um, notch. The thing is, is that it, it, it's filling that market that 
people are tired of paying for the thousand dollar phones and Samsung now has an option. Um, and, and instead of just a outdated old galaxy, you can actually buy a more modern, um, mid tier phone from carriers. Yes. So it's got three cameras on the back an eight megapixel wide angle, a five megapixel depth, uh, and a 25 megapixel. Interesting. Uh, that's probably the Sony, the same camera as it's the front camera on the uh, Z4. It's a 25 megapixel Sony IMX of some kind. Uh, it's also a pixel binned, by the way, on the Z4. So it's a pixel binned 25 megapixel instead of a pixel binned 48 megapixel. Uh, and then a 25 megapixel front camera as well with a slower lens, f2 versus f1.7. So the, they, look, the specs on this phone are cool, especially the battery, 4,000 milliamp hour. It's not too thick. Hopefully it's made of glass and metal, not plastic. Uh, it has an Exynos, which is interesting. I'm wondering if the US version will have a Qualcomm chip instead. I'm Could not be. quite sure. Because that's the specs, by the way. I'm reading uh, Android Popo. Uh, our good friend uh, Jules, Jules Wang, posted this uh, uh, 850 story. I will link to it. Uh, it is basically the specs from the international version, I guess, that are being shown there. So looks okay. So anyway, we'll see how it goes. I'm just happy to see something that's not a flagship from Samsung. That's not a J series, you know what I'm saying? It is nice. Um, what which series is that Samsung just killed off? Was it the J series? I don't remember. Sorry, they, they, they merged one of their um, budget. Could it series. be the A? No, the A series, the M series, the M and the J, the J and the M. Maybe they merged those two. I don't remember. Either way, they're bringing this to Verizon for 350 bucks. Obviously, we have to check out what performance is like, but this is a great I'm competitor to the Pixel 3. Surprise coming to Verizon with an Exynos. I'd be really surprised if it wasn't retooled as a Qualcomm chip. Or... Anyway, we'll see. Um, so that's exciting. We've got more rumors. Wait, wait, there's more. Uh, Essential Phone 2. <laughs> uh, Andy Rubin tweeted yesterday, I think it was, uh, hinted in a tweet, sorry, that there would be a Essential Phone 2, potentially. Well, they said they'll so, make an announcement. And it was right, just exactly. weird because he tweeted this after being radio silent, and he tweeted it to someone that tweeted at him back in September of last year. So it was real weird. Yeah, well, Andy Rubin is real weird. So <laughs> there you go. So I'm not going to say much about this other than uh, the Essential Phone was, is still to this day, I think, one of the best-sized phone. The chassis size is one of the best. Um, I feel. Uh, I like the build materials and design. I did not like the big chin on the bottom and the front, which, you know, this is back then. This was the first phone with a notch before the iPhone. So, uh, you know, I was willing to excuse it for being a bit odd. Today, it could easily be a full screen phone with maybe a pop-up camera or something or a teardrop notch, uh, like a smaller notch of what they, that they invented, essentially. <laughs> I, and, I hope uh, they keep the overall design of the yeah. essential phone, if they create a second one. The, I agree. The, the build was premium and something that was different than every other phone on the market, and that's what I liked about it. That and the Me fact too. they got software updates 15 minutes after every pixel. It did. Uh, the only big bra drawback was there's so much that was wrong with it in every other way, right? Yeah. Like, uh, the camera in particular, even with the Pixel camera app, it was kind of meh. I mean, there's all kinds of issues here. But let's see. Look, I want to get. I, I, I want to believe. I want to believe. Let, let's see what happens. Um, next up, we have Sony phone with six cameras. Another rumor leak, whatever. So what do you think of that? That's you folks that I link here. Uh, it was written by Hadley, our yep. good friend Hadley. I, I mean, it's interesting. I like the idea of the Nokia PureView with the light technology in it. I like the idea of having all those sensors to create a really good photo. We'll see if it works, though. I, the reviews weren't the greatest on the Nokia. No, but it's early days. You got to start somewhere, you yeah. know? And, and I think that Light, as it's, you know, has, they made an announcement that Sony or Light, somebody made an announcement that they were collaborating. So mm -hmm. this is not far-fetched. Um, the, the, the leak, the photo looked like more of a Photoshop job to me. But at the same time, all these lenses do seem, some of, well, one of them at least looks slightly different than the other five. So I'm not sure if that's a flash or a depth sensor or something, well, but. The person that tweeted it out said that it's just concept based on imagination is exactly oh, what they okay, said. Oh, okay. So it's totally so, made up. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Well, anyway, so that's all we have to say about that. But you know, cameras and me were friends. So I need to, I, I couldn't pass that news. I was just like, oh, that's very rumory and very early days. But it's Hadley and I love Hadley. 
Uh, he's been on the show, hat tip to Hadley. And then six cameras on a phone. The more, the merrier. Maybe not. But anyway, uh, speaking of weird and like we haven't heard in a while, HTC <laughs> launched their first two phones for 2019 in Taiwan. Uh, I caught this because I'm good friends with uh, my buddy over at Fandroid, Nick Gray, who, as you know, is the biggest HTC fan in the universe. And I mean that in a nice way, Nick. I love you. <laughs> uh, Nick tweeted to that, not tweeted, that, I think he did tweet, that's how I got it. But you wrote an article about the new HTC phones that were announced in uh, Taiwan. There's the HTC U19e. So we've gone from U12 to U19. Uh, do not know why. And then there is a desire. Uh, 19 plus. Thank you. 19 plus. So design 19 plus, 19 plus, and U19e. So they're going for 19 for the year, I guess. Uh, the design 19 plus, you don't want to, you don't care about. It's kind of low end. Uh, it does have a notch, a teardrop notch, and, you know, looks okay. Kind of looks like um, those, what was it? U11, U11 light, U12 light, light, those those things. Yeah. It, it looks like, like a, a one of HTC's new phones. Yeah, like one of those cheaper versions. The desire line's always been interesting. Well, the one that's got my attention is the U19e because it's so weird. It has it doesn't have a notch or a teardrop. It still has a bezel at the very top. It has dual ca- front cameras, just like the U12 did. It basically looks like a continuation of the U12 range, but spec down in performance a little bit because instead of a Snapdragon 800 series, it's a 710. And it's got a six-inch OLED that is 189, not 19 point, whatever. It basically doesn't fill the whole screen. There's a, bo- uh, 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 it's basically the same display thing as the U12 plus, like six inches, eight ultra wide, but doesn't fill up the entire screen because it's got bottom top bezels. And then, you know, it's got a 12 megapixel main camera as F1.8. So it sounds a lot. And a 20 megapixel secondary with telephoto. And this sounds basically like a rehash of the HTC U12 plus for 2019 called the UGC, HTC U19e. I almost forgot HTC still makes phones, Justin. I feel really bad. I think HTC forgot they still make phones too. <laughs> okay, so I shouldn't feel so bad? No. <laughs> okay, good. Especially good, in the good. US market, HTC, unless you're talking about VR, people don't even think of them for anything else. Yeah, I think, look, the reality is I'm happy that they did this. Um, I'm glad that we have more choices in Taiwan. If you live in Taiwan, the colors look really cool. The purple one is purple glass in the back, but part of it in the middle is transparent. So you can see the guts. It's kind of cool. Um, more phones, the merrier. I like playing with phones you can't get in the U S so I'm really excited about this just because, you know, I also have a soft spot for HTC somehow, even though they're never done anything decent in a long time. Yeah. So there's one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, and then we'll wrap it up because, wow, look at us. Speedsters today. We got through everything pretty much. Um, MediaTek, about two weeks ago, not uh, 10 days ago, announced, it was basically as I was coming back from Computex, I was really busy. I, there was Computex that immediately followed by Apple, so I didn't cover this on the show. I wanted to give them some love and attention on the show without as uh, mentioning it as an, as an aside because this is a big deal. It fell through the cracks in terms of news too. Nobody really paid much attention. MediaTek announced a 5G-capable system on a chip. So basically, a chip that has 5G built in, kind of like the the Qualcomm chips that have 4G built in, and of course, MediaTek chips that have 4G built in. This has a 5G chip. It's sub-6. And it uses the new Cortex-A77 and Mali-G77 GPU. So the new Cortex and Mali CPUs and GPUs launched by ARM just two days prior to that. So it doesn't have a name. They don't want to reveal what the name is. But what we're talking about here is a 7 nanometer processor. So very, very high end in terms of its manufacturing process, probably built by the same folks that build all the other processors out there. TSMC or whatever. What's that company called? Anyway, so 7 nanometer, 5G built in, six sub-6 5G. Um... A77 cores and and uh, CPU and G77 graphics um, on a chip that should be very cost-effective and much higher end than what MediaTek's done before. We don't know the name. Uh, this doesn't look to me like a marketing grab. We are first kind of thing. This is more like 
you know, this is serious, this is coming, it's going to give people options, especially on markets that are not as Qualcomm heavy as ours. And I I like what MediaTek's doing. I think competition is healthy and I want to see them succeed as well in the market. And there some other chips have been pretty great. So especially in the mid-range, but this is kind of more high-end and uh, the specs look really great. And let's see how, how they deliver on that. That's basically my takeaway. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot to that we don't know about this. It's not even supposed to be released until next year, so it's going to be some time until we learn more about the processor. But, I mean, what the source you linked was Anantech, um, and they're saying yeah, that... Yeah, I went for that because it's a little, it's pretty technical, and, mm-hmm. and I wanted, I didn't want to be like lightweight about this. If you're going to read about it, Andre at Anantech is a really good source to read technical stuff, so... I think it's cool that it's it, it's believed to support 4K60 uh, decoding and encoding, as well as support 80 megapixel um, sensors. So you should be able to pull out some really cool specs alongside this processor. Obviously, a lot of people in the U.S. aren't probably that familiar with MediaTek, since most phones are running Snapdragon. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know... This also has a bunch of AI features for camera that are really interesting. Um, I got briefed by MediaTek on this in New York City while I was um, visiting for the OnePlus event, actually. Okay. So this is a while ago, but um, I it stood out for me, and I was like, you know, I don't cover chips per se, but uh, chips end up in mobile devices. Mobile devices make the world go round. So yeah. I, I really, it, it perked me up and got me excited. Kudos for them to, you know, get in this space. I still feel like Qualcomm might beat them to the punch with a 5G SoC uh, in terms of first phone, you know? Mm-hmm. But we'll see. This is a bit of a race now. Let's see what comes out with a chip, a phone with 5G and built into the SoC first. <laughs> we'll see. So, yeah. So, what do you think? Good week? Bad week? Pretty good week, especially with all this Google Pixel stuff coming out. Yeah. I like that uh, this little tweet this morning kind of singes the deal, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It confirmed every design detail we, we pretty much know about the phone. They didn't show the face of the phone, so we can only go off of rumors off of the camera system, but that's about right. it. So the rumors on the front are that it's got uh, a, a kind of hole punch, like o- oval hole punch, kind of like the Galaxy S10 Plus, yeah? Now, according to Lou, there's actually going to be a forehead on the top of the phone, and it's going to house five different cameras that will work for a security right? system, sort of like Face ID. Got it. Whoa, a forehead? Oh. Yeah. Better than that Oof. bathtub notch, though. Yeah, that's true. Better than bathtub I'm just hoping that forehead is really thin and the, that there's a matching um, footer that's really thin, too. You know what I'm saying? I want nice. symmetry, and I want it thin, damn it. Make it go. But Make as it so. It's already been found in Android Q that Google is working on implementing a more robust uh, facial recognition system because there's not going to be a fingerprint scanner on this phone. Um, based on oh, at all? Not even in display? I always assumed it would be in display. As far as I know, there's we. it's rumored that there will not be a fingerprint sensor at all. It'll be all facial recognition. So basically, three years after Apple, Google is finally... And Android is finally getting down to doing this properly because it's been done before, right? The Oppo Find X did it. The Mate 20 Pro did it. Secured face unlock using a time-of-flight camera. The G8 did it. The problem is none of them are officially recognized as uh, for payments and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like Google, Google doesn't officially allow anything but fingerprint reader right now for unlocking uh, payments on your phone. So that's always been a gripe of mine because I like the idea that have the choice between fingerprint and face ID. And I think the ultimate future is about face ID. Um, Right now, it's just a little clunky still, but I would love to also see an in-display fingerprint reader um, at the same time, have choice. Choice is what make Android so great. So let's see what happens, right? It will be interesting to see what Google decides. Indeed. Well, on that note, Justin, it is time to wrap things up. I would love you to promote yourself, your social media handles, and of course, Android Authority and all the other places that people can find you if there are any others. Uh, maybe you have a blog about pets or something. I don't know. Just just tell us all. Uh, all my social media is J-A-Duino, D-U-I-N-O, and that's Twitter, Instagram, basically everywhere. Uh, and then you can find me reporting on different Android topics over at AndroidAuthority.com. Ta-da! There you go. You have it here, folks. Go check out Justin's work. Good work. Good person all around. 
really enjoy hanging out with you at uh, at uh, I.O., but I always enjoy hanging out with you. We just don't do it enough, that's all, because we always run into each other at some event, running around like crazy. So, You folks know where to find me. I'm at Tank Girl everywhere, pretty much. Uh, that's T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character Tank Girl, but without the vowels. Uh, that's my Twitter and Instagram handle. Um, I didn't get that handle on YouTube, uh, but there is a YouTube account that goes with the podcast called youtube.com slash Miriam Joar. That's my full name spelt out. Miriam Joar, no spaces. YouTube.com slash Miriam Joar. If you don't know how to spell my name, go to my Twitter. Go and look at my handle, Tank Girl, and, and you'll see my name spelt out there. So you have no excuse. Um, also, the podcast is at mobiletechpodcast.com. If you just stumble upon the podcast and you're wondering, like, where do I subscribe? We're on all the major platforms, but mobiletechpodcast.com is the URL for the website that goes with it and for the, finding the RSS feed. So uh, platforms we're on, Google, Apple Podcasts, of course. Uh, we're on uh, Pocket Cast, uh, Overcast, and uh, also, let's see, TuneIn Radio and Spotify. So check that out. Uh, check me out. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends. Like the videos. All that good stuff. It'll be great. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Twitter for comments, for discussion. That's where you'll find me. Uh, finally, I want to thank Justin for being on the show. Thanks again, Justin. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And then uh, I also have to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible.com is where it's at for audiobooks. If you like to listen to books, and maybe you can't read them because you're driving all day or something, and you need to be able to listen to your books. So then you should check out Audible, audible.com. There's a special deal for uh, the podcast listeners. It's in the description below uh, for 30-day free trial. So if you're not already an Audible customer and you want to listen to books instead of read them, uh, check it out, audibletrial.com slash mobile tech is the url that's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech and remember one of the cool things about audible is that they have the best selection but importantly what i like the best about them is that you can listen to the authors read their own books in many cases that is cool so audible.com thanks for being our sponsor long time now and uh yeah that's it folks uh, thanks again justin and we will be back next week with another show cheers everybody this has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.